Hello, everybody, and welcome to Everything with Black Podcast. Uh, tonight is going to be one of our classic album podcasts. And I'm here with uh, my girlfriend, Jacqueline Shear. And uh, tonight we're going to go over uh, the cult, their seminal record, Love, which came out uh, back in the 80s, 1985 to be exact. But uh, before we get into that, I just got to do some plugs here. Uh, the podcast is always brought to you by Savage Gold Coffee, which is now available. So if you go to www.savagegoldcoffee.com, you can buy yourself a 16-ounce bag of Savage Gold Prime, which is the flagship roast. And um, if you're into uh, martial arts training or any kind of travel or you need a bag to put your computer in or whatever... Uh, you go, please go to Datsusara. Uh, they make all hemp gear bags and um, grappling shorts, t-shirts, like that sort of thing. And last but not least, if you're uh, health conscious like me and Jacqueline are, you uh, definitely need to check out Onnit, www.onnit.com. Both of those things you can find on the uh, Everything With Black Media website. Uh, they're, they're on there as portals. And if you click through those portals, I get a little kickback uh, from anything that you might buy on those sites. It doesn't cost you a dime, but it actually helps me keep the lights on around here. So, uh, so there you go. All right. So, um, Love by the Cult. Record was released on Beggar's Banquet back in 1985. And uh, guess how many records that sold? How many copies? Is it over two million now? Two point five million copies. 2. 5 million. That was a great, uh, an excellent guest. Uh, apparently, there were several different pressings of the record available. Um, most notably, there's a Canadian and an Australian pressing that had bonus tracks: a song called "Little Face" and a song called "Judith." And um, in 2009, there was an expanded edition that came out, and both of those songs are included. Have you heard those songs? I have not. I, I didn't uh, download them. Yeah, since since uh, we decided to do this, I actually um, procured a copy of this expanded edition. I listened to those songs. And how were they? There's a reason why they're <laughs> uh, sort of outtakes. I mean, they're they're okay. good, but they just they didn't yeah you know, they didn't pop like the rest of the songs on the record. So prior to that, uh, the Cult had a, a record called Dreamtime, which came out in 1985. Yeah. And, uh, that one only sold 60,000 copies. Dreamtime is good. I actually just picked it up last year while I was out on the West Coast. And, um, you know, I figured I may as well pick it up because I like their early stuff. I like the cult and Southern Death Cult. <clears throat> and I knew it was pre-love. And it, it it's good. It's It's like, it's, you know, driving and there's like this really great rock sound to it but the songwriting is not as strong as it is on yeah. love Some feels the, like an early record like a first record the kind of evolution of the band though is like at ian asbury um the singer yeah was it southern death cult actually has no real connection to the cult except for the fact that ian asbury was in it um billy duffy was in another band at that point um actually another little tidbit of information Billy Duffy was in, was in a band called The Nosebleeds, which actually featured Morrissey. Too. You were saying that. 
Yeah. That's cool. But the two of them didn't actually um, start collaborating until mm -hmm. uh, 1983, and that's when they formed uh, simply Death Cult, and that was kind of like the actual beginning of uh, the cult as a band, and you know that sort of trip that they were on. But uh, but yeah, Dreamtime was almost like the um, almost like a demo for Love. You know what I mean? It was they kind of had developed that sound, like the guitar sound was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, the vocal style was there, you know, the sort of song structures were there, but they just weren't as catchy as uh, the songs on Love, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, like, I I remember when I put it on, I really liked it, and I, you know, I feel like one, one thing I really like about the cult is that whenever you hear them, I know for me, I always feel like I need to be moving, like, I just need to dance a little or be, you know, animated <laughs> while they're on. I guess, you know, they, they do that to you, but, um, so it had that, and that was good, it had that, like, cult magic, but, yeah, the songs weren't, not nearly as memorable, yeah. and I guess, yeah, just not as strong. So the, they had the one single on, on Dreamtime, Spirit Walker, yeah. which was good, and yeah. then, uh, Love had, uh, what, two singles, right? Yeah, She Sells Sanctuary and Rain. Which they also made videos for. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You have some thoughts about the videos? Um, you know, they're very 80s. I love Ian Asbury's dance moves. So that's really fun to see him moving. And like I was, we were watching a video before and I, I noticed how, uh, how contained he is. He's just so t like tight, like very, you know, on time, <laughs> like with the beats and, uh, but he's not like flailing around, you know, and he's got his lipstick on and his like mouth is super expressive and um and there's some girl dancers that, that I don't, that's in the rain video. In the that I don't really like. I feel like they could have um had some better dance yeah. moves. Yeah, yeah the, in uh the She Sells Sanctuary video, he has two different outfits on. I, I noticed that in, I didn't uh, notice that. Yeah, in in uh, the beginning <laughs> of the video he's wearing this like sort of Carl McCoy uh, post-apocalyptic cowboy outfit with like yeah. this like Solomon Kane style hat you know and then when the performance part of the video happens he looks like a pirate so yes he is very piratey yeah and, actually uh, and then of course the uh, the rain video you know he yeah. sort of is in, is in this sort of uh, he's got like a you know some sort of kerchief on his head <laughs> <laughs> And he's once again very pirate pirate esque. Yeah, a little vampiric, right? Yeah. You know, I feel like he. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. This and old world kind of. Yeah. Gypsy. Gypsy esque. Yeah. yeah. And um, also a little bit like it reminds me a little bit like Steven Tyler maybe. Yes. He's like the sort of goth Steven Tyler. You know, I think that that because like. I always think of Jim Morrison, you know, for, you know, there's, you can draw, you know, comparisons, and also, of course, Ian Asbury played with the Doors in, I guess, the early 2000s. Right. But, um, anyway, yeah, I always think of Jim Morrison, but I think that you are right about Steven Tyler, definitely. Yeah, just his, like, you know, trip on stage, because he has yeah. the scarves. And, and the, the scarves moves. And moves and all mm -hmm. that. He's very, uh, you know, sassy, sort of flamboyant. Yeah. Dressing like a pirate, you know, a, gyp a gypsy, you know, that kind of trip. But, um, 
the comparison to Jim Morrison, though, it only it, it falls short because my main beef with the cult. I think the music's amazing. I love Ian Asper's voice. The guitar playing on it's really cool. But the lyrics were always the weak link in that band, I thought. Yeah, they're pretty basic. Um, even with Southern Death Cult, like, when I found out some of the lyrics to, like, these amazing songs, I was like, oh, he's saying, like, Coca-Cola Generation, like, and not really saying anything that important about it. But, uh, yeah, the lyrics are not so great. But he's an outstanding singer, though. And I think oh, yeah. Ian Asbury has definitely one of the most distinctive voices. I mean, even, even like, later records when they went more hard rock, you know, like on Electric and mm-hmm. Sonic Temple, you know, his style of singing was still very much intact. You know what I mean? I still think that he, you know, was, was doing his trip. He wasn't trying to sound like, you know, Robert Plant or whatever, you know what I mean? Even though the music at that point had taken on this very Led Zeppelin you know, ACDC yeah. kind of vibe to mm-hmm. it, you know, but it was still like Ian Asbury's, you know, vibe was very much intact on that. But um, another interesting thing about the record is um, there's only like three members in the, in the band photo. We got Ian Asbury, we got Billy Duffy, who sort of looks like like Charlie Sheen, sort of, yeah. with like a bleach blonde, blonde haircut, mm-hmm. and uh, Jamie Stewart, the bass player. Yeah. And... Um, there no, there's no drummer listed. Yeah, I think they had their first drummer, I think, died wow. of a heroin overdose. Um, and I guess the guy who... Yeah, the guy who plays drums on Love, I don't... Well, there's two guys that play drums. Well, so Nigel Preston is the guy who died. And I guess he played, like, he plays on She Sells Sanctuary, and um, that might be it. I'm not sure. But then the other guy. Mark Brzezinski. Yeah, he wasn't in the next, uh, is he on Electric? No, they had some, like, rockabilly-looking guy in the band on Electric. They just changed drummers, like, you know, Spinal Tap or something. No, I, I don't know, but, yeah. um... Well, that that's kind of the joke with, like, rock and roll bands, is there's always a million drummers, and that's why Spinal yeah. Tap was so accurate <laughs> with that portrayal yeah. of their million drummers. Who who would just spontaneously combust on stage. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, they had two different guys playing drums on the record. Yeah. Um, do you remember the first time you heard The Cult? Yes. The first time I heard the cult was She Sells Sanctuary in the early 90s. And I was like, I just remember thinking, oh my God, this sounds so big. It sounds like so, you know, like kind of like powerful, like something really, just the sound, or you know, the production, his his voice. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought they were like badass and, and sexy and dark. Like even when I was like you know eleven, it's like I didn't know what goth was, but like I, I felt it. I was like, oh, this is a little dark. There's something like really cool about this, you know? Yeah. I actually heard a band covering this song back in like 1985 or something like that when I was like in high school. Yeah. And uh, there's this guy that I grew up with named Ken Smar, who um, you know throughout the 90s. Uh, he, you know, he went to Berkeley School of Music, and we all lived in Boston together for a number of years. Mm-hmm. 
he still lives in Boston, and I'm not sure what he does now. I think he teaches at Berkeley, but he um, used to run a, a record label called Wonder Drug Records in Boston, and mm-hmm. uh, and that put out a bunch of stuff like Sam Black Church, you know, after they were on Tang, uh, you know, Tree, Stompbox, you know, who um, were a major label band from Boston. But anyway, I'm getting off topic here. Ken and I went to high school together, and he had a cover band. And I remember we were at some, like, new wave night at some all-ages, like, teen club when I was in high school. And uh, his band was playing, and they were just doing all covers, you know. Just stuff that was popular back then in that kind of, you know, underground world of uh, punk and music and new wave. You know, for example... They would do like Blister in the Sun by the Violent Femmes, you know. They would do Ha 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 by Flipper, you know. Mm-hmm. Like a real, uh, you know, variety show. Of music. Yeah. And they, they also covered She Sells Sanctuary, you know what I mean? And that, out of, you know, hearing a band cover that, I was like, wow, this is kind of a cool song. Mm-hmm. But I had, the first time I heard it, it wasn't a, the cult, it was this other band. Coincidentally, they were called The Worst. Like huh. W. U-R-S-T Not like the worst Like the worst thing I've ever seen But the worst Like a sausage Like liverwurst Like liverwurst That sounds With an omelet over the U Right So yeah Anyway that's <laughs> That's my My uh, introduction to the cult Was to yeah. the worst Back in like 1985 At a teen club And so we Both heard the The same song For the yeah. first time mm-hmm. What a great song that's probably their most recognizable song. It is. I think, I think it's their best. It's their biggest hit. Yeah. It's been in car commercials. It was really? in singles. Yeah. I'm. I. I don't, know, a, I, I don't know what car commercial, but I. I am. Like ninety five percent positive, it was in a car commercial. Wow. Car commercials have also, or it was like Club Med. They used Iggy's "Lust for Life." I mean, really great song. There was a period of time where. Um, you would see a lot of car commercials with these kind of like post-punk, you know, classic like punk songs. It was, you know, it was like weird. <laughs> so let's um, let's just go through the uh, the tracks here. Okay. You know, and like kind of comment on them. Yeah. You know, so the lead-off track is uh, Nirvana. Great song. Yeah. Um, you know, in my opinion, like not the strongest track on the song on the record, rather. I agree. Not the strongest, but it uh, it it really kicks the record off nice. Yeah, it's a good opening track. You know. Yeah. And then we go into uh, big neon glitter, which um, I personally really like that one. That's a fun one. The ending. Yeah, Where yeah. It's like big neon glitter. <laughs> like at the end, I think that's awesome. Yeah. No, that, that's a fun song. But you know what's funny, like in that song, like you can kind of hear like a little bit of where they were going with like the next record with Electric, you know, that had like like a bigger, yeah, you know, like a rock vibe to it. Yeah, in a way though, I think, you know, and I've thought this about Southern Death Cult, and there are a couple of cult songs that I, I sense like a hint of U2, even though like that was not their, their scene. I feel like there's that, I don't know, I, I've I've been reminded of you 2 like, Probably the guitar work, I think. Yeah. You know, mainly because um, 
at this stage, Billy Duffy, you know, was using a lot of delay, you know, chorus effects, mm -hmm. and, you know, reverbs and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, the Edge, you know, from U2 relied heavily on, uh, using yeah. effects pedals and all that sort I of stuff. I I really like The Edge. I think that dude kind of sucks, actually. I know. I know you do. But I love the sound. Like, I love, like, you know, when I think of U2, I think of the guitar sound. Yeah, he's got a very distinctive sound, and I'm not saying that he's not entirely without merit, mm -hmm. but um, I just think he's a one-trick pony, you know what I mean? Okay. Like, he couldn't, like, shred, like, uh, you know, no. Rain of Blood or something like that. Of course you know not. I mean? That That's a fair assessment, but I, I, I think what he does is cool. Like, I think, you know, U2 is so prolific, they have a lot of records out. You know, yeah. you could say it's debatable whether or not, like, they suck now. <laughs> but, I mean, um, you to, know. To a point. I I enjoy some of it. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I enjoy yeah. some of the music. It's know. been the same four guys since the beginning, you know. And so that, I think, is really cool. And, yeah, oh, my God, they've sold. They've gone multi-platinum, like, many times. That doesn't mean anything. So is, like, no, uh, that doesn't Beyonce mean anything. Like yeah, and I right, too. right, right. But uh, what I think U two is like a, a great band, and yeah. they have longevity. You know, there's like a lot of really cool things you could say about them. Even though people think Bono's a fucking tool, you know, or mm -hmm. you know, this is not what's the fucking thing he says. <laughs> this is not a revolution song, or whatever the fuck he says. And that's what is that shit? This is not a protest song. Oh. When they do Sunday Bloody is Sunday. It, is it Sunday Bloody Sunday? Does he know. say that in the beginning? I, I fucking lost interest yeah. in that guy. I don't know. Yeah. I like Unforgettable Fire. I think that's a good record. I think, um, you know, some of the earlier stuff, like Boy. I love you know, Boy. Like very raw. Mm -hmm. October. October. Even Joshua Tree. I, I just Joshua think that's Tree a great solid, record. Man. And then yeah. after that, they just lost the plot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Octung Baby, I like that. That's later. I don't like that one. Um, you know, I think there's some some cool stuff on that. And then they they went electronic uh, for one record, and they had that song Lemon, which I hated at the time, but actually years later, I was like, oh, this song's pretty cool. You know, it's funny. Another band that was sort of around the same time as them in a totally different like scene though was uh, REM. And I was I feel like REM and U2's careers. We're sort of on the same trajectory. Yeah. Because I love the early R.E.M. records. I love Murmur, you know, Chronic Town, Reckoning, Life's Rich Pageant, um, Fables of the Reconstruction. Mm -hmm. Those are great records. And then Document came out, and that was like, the, it was starting to slip. They started slipping it on Document. Yeah. And then Green was like, half of it I couldn't even listen to, and half of it was like, okay. And then they just, I don't know. They, they went just, a little crazy. They, they went, went a little, um, what was that? Big, like, arena rock or some stuff. and like Cr Crush with eyeliner? Yeah, dude, I, I, I don't, I, I just. Yeah. You know. So, okay, wait. So, why do you think that bands, because I would say the same, I mean, The Cult doesn't have nearly as much music out as either one of those. But they have a bands. few records. They though. do, they do, but. I feel like they really had their moment, and then, I mean, Electric's cool, and I like Sonic Temple, but you could say that they started to lose it, like you're saying about R.E.M. Yeah. and and you 2 I'm kind of agreeing with that. 
Um, why do you think that happens to these bands? You know, maybe they run out of ideas, or you know, maybe like it just runs its course. Like sometimes shit ends. You know, sometimes it's time to call it a day. And I think that at the stage when you're making a living off of your music, and you know, you got people that are depending on you, like a road crew and whatever, who are like their livelihood is wrapped up in whether or not you continue to put out records. I think that might be a factor in why these guys linger for so long. Yeah. You know, in the case of, like, R.E.M. and U2, I just think that, like, maybe the ego of some of the guys in the band, like Bono and, like, Michael Stipe, might have gotten so inflated to the point where they thought that, like, well, you know, we're geniuses and whatever we do is going to be great, you know, and our fans will just follow us. And then once that consciousness sort of comes to the forefront, I just think that that's the end, you know. You know, you, you just, like... You're not on your toes anymore. You just think that any any sort of statement that you make is going to be valid and people are going to should enjoy it. And I think that's kind of what happens to a lot of these bands. You know, I, I got to be honest with you, I'm not really familiar with um, the records that came after uh, Sonic Temple by The Cult. Like, I know they had a few records that came out in the 90s and, and I, I just didn't follow up on those. You know, I don't even know about them. Yeah, I, they, they had a few. You know, I thought Love was the pinnacle of, of the band, really. You know, I thought that, they, that was, like, their, yeah. their top. It almost feels like a, a different band in a way, right? Well, you know, after Love, um, that lineup didn't... Well, no, they had... Jamie Stewart was in the band, you know, on Electric. Yeah. And then they had that other guy, some dude with, like, this greaser-looking dude playing drums, so I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, but that was, like... When did Matt Sorum play in the band? Uh, Sonic Temple. He joined the band. Is he on Sonic Temple? I think so. Oh, shit. I'm pretty sure yeah, he's on the record. Yeah. Um, and that was, like, when they started slipping, in my opinion. Like, there's a couple of good jams on Sonic yeah. Temple. But overall, it's like, they just wanted to, I don't know, man. Like, I feel, now this is interesting, because I remember when Electric came out, mm-hmm. um, there's a series of bands in England that were, like, there was the Mission UK, this band Balam and the Angel, um, mm. you know, the Cult. And it's almost like all those bands, they all had a very, I mean, I'm not going to say they all sounded the same, but they were from the same, you know, guitar tone. They were very dark, you know, sort of in this gothic, you know, death rock kind of vibe, you know. And then, like, one year they all decided to become metal bands. You know, they all decided to do this big rock thing. And, um, yeah, because the, the mission started, you know, they started toughening up their sound. And uh, that band, Balam and the Angel, like, I went to go see them one night when I was in, in college. And uh, they all had, like, long hair, like, leather pants. And, like, one dude was shirtless, you know, and they were ripping, they were trying to rip these, like, guitar solos and, like, like pentatonic blues solos. Totally different than where they were on their other records. And I, I always thought that was kind of curious. And I remember when uh, Electric came out, like, one of, one of the dudes that lived on my floor, I, I was like, I thought the record was great. I'm like, yeah, it sounds just like ACDC, man. It's like, it's like heavy rock album, you know? And and at the time, Guns N' Roses was quite popular. Like, that Appetite for Destruction came out that same year. And uh, this kid on my floor in college was like, yeah, I don't really like this, man. I like Love better, you know? And I was like, what are you talking about, man? This is like, you know, fucking heavy metal album, you know? He's like, yeah, that's why I don't like it, because it's like, that's not their thing. Like, they're... 
this band like that sounds like love and if I want to listen to heavy rock I'm going to listen to ACDC or like Led Zeppelin or Sabbath or you know Guns N' Roses for that matter you know and I just think that like like love was like sort of like the exclamation point like on their true sort of character and then anything that came after that was like you know these sort of attempts at becoming stars or whatever or rock stars or you know I don't know yeah they got more well obviously commercial and yeah um yeah I think they lost their um their je ne sais quoi you know they really did I feel like there's like a they sound drier or something. Like, I don't oh. know if that's the right terminology. But oh, yeah. That's exactly the yeah, right terminology. Right? It's not... No, no, no. I'm sorry. On, on uh, Electric. Yeah. Yeah. Like, those albums are very dry and, to me, kind of boring. I mean, like, I love Chow Edie off of um, Sonic Temple. Sonic but, Temple's kind of slick. But, but I right. know... Yeah. But, uh, you know, it is very, like, extremely accessible, mainstream, all that. But, uh... I think love is, um, it's just, it's warmer. There's like a warmer sound to it. Even though, like the drums are very crisp and it's big sounding. It's almost like this, like, it's like arena goth post-punk rock or something. I don't know. I, I just think, you know, yeah. I, I just think love is a more original record. Yeah. And, um, cause you know, it's funny cause you know, Bobby Ferry from 16, he, um, told me that there's a, a, a release of a demo that came out. Yeah. That was, um, I forgot what it was called, like the man, the Manor House tapes or something, or, I don't, I have to check that, but I don't think that's, if anyone remembers the name of that or is aware of this, like, just email me, because I, I need to, or if anyone has that, send me the link to a download, because I'd like to get a copy of it. Um, so yeah, anyone out there in the internet world, if you know of this and want to share it with me, please send it, <laughs> send it my way. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, Bobby was telling me that there's a demo of, um, of electric, electric right? yeah. that's done with the same style that uh, Love was was uh, produced with, you know, with all the guitar effects and all that, you know. And then uh, when they got Rick Rubin on board, he was like, all right, guy, you got to calm down with these effects pedals. It's like, here, take this, you know, Marshall JCM 800 and just yeah. plug directly into it and... Uh, and his, it was Rick Rubin who made that dry sound, that sort of mutt lang, mm, you know, mm-hmm. dirty deeds done dirt cheap, yeah, you know, like Power Age, like ACDC, like sound on that record, you know. But yeah, it's a, it's a way way drier, like in your face, like record, and um, I don't know if it really suits them. And I think that was kind of like the way, like I was thinking, the cult as being this sort of like you know atmospheric, like dark yeah trip you know well the guy who produced love was wham's producer there you go and apparently you know at first they weren't so sure about it they felt a little uncomfortable i feel uncomfortable with yeah because like yeah he um he but apparently that dude wanted to like get rid of his like you know pop image and i guess discuss things with the cult about ideas he had and they they went for it and yeah, like I mean, wham! I know. I mean, that's you know, pop, but like, you know, like bubblegum, whatever. But those songs sounded cool too. The production on all the wham stuff. I don't know if you're familiar with them or George Michael. Just or, like from like the yeah. videos, you know. 
Yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, I think uh, when I read about that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. But you know, yeah. it's just. Uh, and I like Rick Rubin, and I love what with he Slayer. did. I like him on Slayer. I love him know. with Johnny Cash. Yeah. That whole Johnny Cash renaissance in the '90s was awesome, and that was Rick Rubin. But for the Cult, I don't like him. It's too rock. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, the Cult. I thought, like, you know, when I first got into them, they were more like in the vein of like the Cocktoo Twins or something, mm-hmm. but like a little bit heavier. You know, but yeah, they're it, the the rock image for them never really suited them. I thought, you know, what I mean, that the big heavy rock like trip that they're on, yeah, that never really suited what they were. I think their strengths were writing music like that was on on love, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that love is very much a hard rock record, but it's still there's there's something very post punk about it. It really does like. You know, I feel like you can hear, like, the time, like, the era it came out. Like, there's this very, you know, um, I don't know. I get, it's, you know, it's hard to articulate sometimes, but there's, like, a warmth to it that makes it feel. But but then, you know, a song like She Sells Sanctuary, it's so guitar-driven. Mm-hmm. And all of it's guitar-driven, yeah. and that's very, it's hard rock. That's, yeah. you know. Well, that brings us to the next track on the album, which is the title track, Love. Which is like, not you know, not the strong one of the strongest songs on the record. No, but doesn't the like the like the tempo and everything? It has like such an it's such an anthem in a way. You know, even yeah. though it's not nearly as well known as like you know, she sells sanctuary or, or rain. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty anthemic sounding. I think I, I, like I skip it. that one when I when I listen to this sometimes. If I'm like yeah. uh, driving or something, I might skip that one. Brother Wolf and Sister Moon, the next one. Yeah, I dig that one a lot. Me too. Yeah, it's a nice dark. Yeah, it just has slow this like, somber like vibe to it. Yeah, you know? I like those lyrics. You know, he's talking about you know the wind blowing him away and. You know, the moon and yeah, you know, and, and also we should talk, you know, point out the whole, their use of iconography and all the, the whole like, you know, uh, the aesthetic, the symbols on, on this record are awesome. Like it looks so cool. Yeah. The, the font, all those little, you know, little fire and hand and moon things and, uh, it's got that Native American trip a little that yeah, Ian Asbury wings. likes so much. I always found that odd since this dude's from like Bradford, <laughs> Bradford UK. I know. But he's obsessed with like Native Americans. Yeah. Where'd that come from, do you think? Um, well, you know, they're very spiritual and I could see him kind of, uh, also, you know, Jim Morrison had a, ah. a connection yes. to Native Americans and, you know, um, so I think that, yeah, I, I, I mean, I could see why. I think it's just, you know, this kind of cool, seductive kind of trip to be on. And, you know, not just Jim Morrison, the Jim Morrison angle, but, uh, I think that you, you know. nailed it when you said that, the Jim Morrison connection. Yeah. Um, you know, it's pretty obvious that Ian Asper is heavily influenced by Jim Morrison. So, yeah. That makes sense. I wish his lyrics were as good I know, as man. his. Sorry, 
Ian, if you ever hear this interview, this interview, this podcast. Um, but yeah. Rain. I, I like that song quite a bit, which is the next song. I like the guitar intro at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's the the video with the bad dancers. Yeah, they they you know you gotta remember it was the eighties. I know they didn't have it together really. Well, it's what, cool. Looked good on screen you know, on film. Asbury's dance moves make make up for it. Yeah, and he's wearing lipstick and it's awesome. I think the editing saved those chicks that were dancing in the back though because they didn't really have any rhythm really. They were like kind of out yeah, of sync with the music. They I were. Thought. So, so you, they were you like noticed real that quick cuts, you know, mm-hmm. between them and the band. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that was there was a video for that song, and uh, so there was only the only rain and she Silk sanctuary as a uh, video. I right? think so. Phoenix didn't have a video, yeah. right? No, I don't think so. Now Phoenix, the next song, definitely at the time not the kind of song you'd have a video for. No, because you know it's this sort of noisy like. You know, yeah, just like noise, Stooges vibe kind of trip. Yeah, you know what I mean, but um, yeah, yeah, the guitars are good. Yeah, you know, it's like probably the most like metal song on the record. Really, yeah. there's like that guitar solo in the beginning. Yeah, the wah pedal. Mm-hmm. And you know, I never really thought about it until I listened until I had listened to the record like you know like a hundred times over but Billy Duffy is awesome yeah and like I mean I, but I like I feel like people don't really think oh yeah like he's know, a very yeah he's a good player. And, you know he's like not like he's no Trey Azikthoth or anything like that but you know he's for what he does in the band I think he's awesome I yeah. think that he plays like the right stuff you know he's like on point yeah I, I think he's a great songwriter. I think that his songwriting abilities, yeah. especially on this record, are definitely, like, showcased. Yeah, I think that, the, like, some of the solos are, like, yeah, really, like, cool. Like, I don't really think about them, but sometimes I'm like, oh, shit, like, listen to him rip that fucking solo, you know? Yeah, they're perfect for the songs, you know? Yeah. And you know, there, there's some just basic blues like pentatonic kind yeah. of things where they where they fit, you know. And yeah, I think they're really well done. I'm just saying, yeah, I feel like he is often overlooked, you know. I feel like it's all about Ian Asbury with this band, but Yeah, I think yeah. I actually really pay attention to him because you know, like the riffs I think specifically the riffs on this record I think are pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, and he did write you know, as much as like I Lately, over the last few years, I like to slam electric. The, the riffs on that record are pretty good, man. I mean, as far as, like, good, solid, like, rock and roll, like, riffs, he did a great job on that. Yeah. So, I mean, I yeah. think, you know, Sonic Temple's got some pretty memorable guitar riffs on it. I think that, you know, Billy Duffy, yeah, he's, he's a little bit underrated. You know? I think so. Not to I, me, I, but I would to say people, that, maybe. yeah. I think to the general masses, he's, uh, he's overlooked. And that brings us into Hollow Man. Hollow Man. Yeah, yeah. That, that's like an it's album right. track. You know, it's like a yeah. deep track on the record. It's good. You know, it's it's uh, gets us from point A to point B. Yeah, really for me, well. it's a filler. Yeah, but that but the next one, Revolution. You know, <laughs> that's got one of my favorite lines on the entire album, man. 
you know, or is yeah. that all my beautiful friends, they've all gone away. Like, that's like one of my favorite lines on the yeah. whole record is in that song. It's great. And that song's fun. Not not amazing. Like, I like, you know, I think I like love better than Revolution. I'm just thinking about that. I'm, but but Revolution's fun. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, All my beautiful friends. I like the verse. Yeah. I don't like the chorus so much. I, I think I like the verse better on that one. Um, and then that brings us to uh, She Sells Sanctuary, which everything about that song is great. That that's a great song, and it's you know recognizable. And whenever you say the cult, people think of She Sells Sanctuary yeah. for the most part. Yeah. You know, so that you know, there's a video for it. Yeah. That's where he has two different outfits on. Like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. He's got like a sort of apocalyptic cowboy outfit. Yeah. And then he he's a pirate in the rest of the video. And very um, very feminine. You yeah. know, his very yeah. like you know his like Born lipstick. rose red lips, yep. and uh, he's very his swagger is, is, yeah. is on, and, and his dance moves were very oh, crisp, so crisp. And his leg work very contained. Yeah, he is a good dancer. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing I'm, these things with his legs that I thought were cool. <laughs> like, yeah, oh his kicks they're so. It's like, they're like sharp. these, like, like sort of like leg kicks that yeah. he's throwing in the video. I gotta, I gotta practice. I gotta practice my she sells sanctuary dance. Um, yeah, if you're in a bar, club, whatever, and that song comes on, I, you like have to move. It's you know, it's just like yeah. one of those things. Definitely, you can't stand still. You gotta like, you know, one tap the, your foot or one something. One of the few times that I've been into a strip club. I actually saw a, a woman take her clothes off to that song. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of that? I thought that was pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Was it sexy? Um, you know, I've never been one to be a big fan of strip clubs. If any of you guys know me out there, like I'm never one of those guys who rushes off to see like a stripper or strip club type thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was cool. I mean, I never really like you know. It's the novelty, I guess, of being in one of those places that's, like, fun, but I don't find it, like, titillating necessarily, you know? No pun intended. Yeah. But uh, the first time I ever went to a strip club was in Boston, the Golden Banana, which oh. I don't even know if it exists anymore. It's um, like a good name. The Golden Banana. <laughs> and I remember when uh, I went in there with my friends, my roommates, uh, some woman was on stage drinking uh, drinking dancing to looks that kill by motley crew see that i i could picture that that's they're like a strip club yeah. band and she had like some sort of like police outfit on you know <laughs> and it yeah. was like pretty pretty like pretty la even though it was yeah. in, in like lynn massachusetts or wherever the hell it was yeah but uh not my cup of tea, man. But you know, as a young man, you 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 got to try try these things out, you know. And uh, you know, it's part of uh, life's rich tapestry, you know. Sure. <laughs> you know, later cult. Yes. I, I, I could see that being a strip club band. 
but early cult, like love, even though I could totally see someone, you know, stripping to she sells sanctuary. Yeah. Um, I get, I totally, I get it. I get it. But I feel like their vibe then is not strip club, but later cult, like electric, like that's strip club to me. Yeah. Like this kind of, you know, biker. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you're trying to go for that LA. Like this, like. Yeah, that's sort of like Sunset Strip kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Do you remember uh, Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols? Yeah. He had a career for a while, too, as like a, a hard rocker. Yes, he plays on the Instinct album by Iggy Pop. Yeah. And it, I love that record. That's like Iggy's hard rock classic. Steve Jones is good on that. <laughs> Steve Jones had like a, um, you know, a, a solo record out at yes. least one, mm-hmm. and it had like three guitar players on it, and <laughs> it was very much like that L.A. like yeah. hard rock, like Titty Bar, you know, Jack Daniels swilling Titty Bar music <laughs> <laughs> like that. Huh? <laughs> titty Bar music. Oh yeah, it's Titty Bar rock. Yeah. Which I, f- I always think that it's it's like a funny, it's like this thread that connects all these British guys, you know, with like making hard rock, like American yeah. style, like hard rock, yeah. you know. Even and though the argument can be made that um, on Electric, you know, they're referencing, heavily referencing Zeppelin, which is like, you know, British bands. You know? yeah. An ACDC, which a, a, a British band who loved American, American music, music, the right. blues, yeah. like. So to go back to being, you know, to America. To America, yeah. yeah, and you know, Brother Wolf, Sister Moon, that feels like a very like American song to me. Yeah, once again, referencing his uh, fascination with Native American culture. Yeah, and just know. like, just yeah, something about it. Um, I was just thinking how, like, the cult became a titty bar band. To me, like, in my eyes. Like, how, you know, we're talking about titty bars. Uh-huh. Titty bar music. And, uh, but love, like, this band and this album are not, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's like different worlds. Yeah, it's like they're two different bands, even though there's like three of the same guys on yeah. this record and the next album. You know, we're leaving off Black Angel. Aww. I like the Death in June Black Angel song better, but yeah, this, this one's pretty good. This one's pretty good. I don't have much to say about it, though. I, I mean, either. Yeah. But but overall, it's, you know, rarely do I just listen to a song from the cult. Like, you know, once in a while, I'm like, oh, yeah, I feel like hearing, you know, Rain or, you know, Nirvana. But this is definitely an album you want to listen to like the whole thing like not just you know one one or two tracks it's definitely like a you know even the songs that aren't good like they're not clunkers it doesn't it's like it just flows smoothly it's like such a great record like from start to finish you know I'll agree with that you know this is the record I listen to when I listen to the cult like I very rarely listen to electric like back in the '90s, maybe I would put electric on, but now these last few years, when I'm in the mood to listen to Cult, I grab this album, I put it on, and I think it, 
ultimately holds up more than all their other material. Um, you know, and I'm not including Southern Death Cult in there because that really is a different band, you know. Yeah. You know, even though the names are similar. You know, Ian Asbury is really the only guy that was from that era mm-hmm. of the band. Like, Billy Duffy wasn't part of that. Well, you know what it is? Like, so much of... I, I think Ian Asbury's voice really shapes the band in a way. You yeah. Know? So, you know, his his voice is, is an instrument, and it's 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 very um you know it 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 hold it's sorry I'm like trying to articulate this but anyway um yeah so i think with southern death cult is that because he's singing it it almost feels like oh yeah the, this makes sense that this is before love like, I don't really think about how there's different musicians. I just think, oh, yeah, this is, like, what he was doing. This is when he was, like, really, like, you know, like, goth, death rock. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, yeah, and then he went on to do Love. I almost see him as as the cult. Even though, you know, we're talking about Billy Duffy. You know, his voice, like, I feel like sometimes it just kind of carries the music. It's very yeah. guitar-driven, but, like, his voice is such a... I mean, who would want to hear the cult without him? No, you know? but I also wouldn't want to hear the cult without Billy Duffy because I feel like true he, he, the, the two of those guys working together is like the beginning. Really. Yeah, so yeah. that's why to me like Great Southern team. Death Cult isn't part of the same continuum. Yeah, because though you know then you can say Theater of Hate, Billy Duffy's band before the cult and like the Nosebleeds are part of it too. Yeah, you know because I do think like his contribution to the band is like pretty significant. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. I think, um, I don't know. I guess I would call myself an Ian Asbury fan. Because, like, I really, you know, and again, like, you watch any old, like, footage of uh, the Southern Death Cult. It's, it's like, all him, and, you know, he's very, like, Adam Ant looking, and it's just this real tribal, goth, cool rock shit, and it's, like... I don't know, and that's his, and and he carried that with him into the cult, and well, the death cult first. The death cult, yeah. And then later the cult. Yep. We have a kitty cat coming here to visit. Lula. (laughs) (laughs) Lula likes the cult also. She likes when I play it. I noticed the poster's gone. What happened to that? It's in the other room. I need to put it in a new frame. I see. But, um, yeah, the whole, like, the whole, all the art, everything about this record is, I think, you know, classic. One of my favorites. Yeah. I wouldn't say The Cult is one of my favorite bands, but Love is one of my favorite records. Interesting. I, um, huh, I'm gonna ponder that. Yeah. Because uh, The Cult... I would say I the cult are probably a top twenty band for me though. Yeah, they're in my top twenty, but yeah. not my top ten. So the Death Cult is, t- is is above them actually. Okay. Yeah, I like I like the Southern Death Cult record more than I like this record. Mm. Interesting, right? That is it's, interesting. It's crazy, but that's the truth. Well. Yeah. But um, but yeah, this this is as far as their their body of work. This is my favorite record. Yeah. The band is in my top twenty, but Love is in my is in my top ten. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Ian Asbury do 
have another like some solo thing or another band that he played in in the 90s like the new barbarians or something like that maybe i don't know i know i just called myself an ian asbury fan and i don't even know um do a quick check on that i think so that sounds vaguely familiar and i never heard it. like i don't know anything about like i know we should uh we should check it out you know, I'm curious about listening to um, some of their later records because I'm thinking, like, you know, how bad could they be? You know what I mean? Yeah, they're probably they're probably you know decent to pretty good, I would say. You know, I mean, it's not going to be love, but uh, let's see. I'm completely wrong about that. There is a band called the New Barbarians. But he wasn't in it? No. <laughs> it's uh, the New Barbarians band. We're a rock band that played two concerts in Canada and 18 shows across the United States. It also supported Led Zeppelin. The group was formed and led by Rolling Stones and Faces guitarist Ronnie Wood. Oh, sh- <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so we were—I was completely wrong about that. I know I was way off base, but let's see. Now I'm like uh, obsessed with the idea that Ian Asbury has some other kind of musical offering out there besides the Cult and the Doors, actually. Yeah. What did he do? Did he just? Um, did he just like tour with them? Or he what toured happened? with them. I think that they may have recorded something, or they were supposed to. Um, ah. But I remember he was touring with them, and I watched something on YouTube, and I didn't really like it. The Holy Barbarians. Let's see what the, I think this is this is where I might have went wrong. Okay. Bear with us a second here. Ian Asbury. Also, it says something about um, Circus of Power too. <laughs> Do you remember that band, Circus of yes, Power? Yes, I do. What do you think of that? Eh. I like that one record, Vices. Mm. I'm not, I never listened to like a full record. All right, yeah, here we go. 1995 to 1997, The Holy Barbarians. It featured uh, Ian Asbury. It was a short-lived rock band formed during 1996 after English frontman Ian Asbury left the band The Cult. Mm. Asbury was joined with three musicians from the United States, Patrick Sugg, Matt, and Scott Garrett. Together, the band recorded one album, Cream. (laughs) (laughs) Huh. That's, uh, you know, I was close. The Holy Barbarians, New Barbarians. Yeah, no, good. And, uh, yeah. Good call, yeah, I never... And apparently he had something to do with uh, a Circus of Power record somewhere. Like guest vocals? Yeah. Also, uh, what's the guy? Jerry Cantrell? Yeah. He played on one of the Circus of Power records. Did he? Yeah. Like as a guest. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. You know, it's funny. I never liked uh, Alice in Chains when they were around, you know? Like, I just thought they were kind of corny. And uh, it's only been through your reintroduction of them to me 
that I've appreciated them now. You know? That's cool. Yeah, it's I'm like glad. they're actually they write some like, especially that one record, Dirt. Oh yeah. It's like fucking dark. It man. is so dark. Yeah. It's a great record. You know, and I think Lane Staley is, was a great singer. And also, Jerry Cantrell was a great songwriter, because most of that shit's him. Mm-hmm. Even the vocals are mostly Jerry Cantrell. Yeah. Well, Jerry Cantrell does what the, the harmony, the harmonizing, what would you... Well, he does, like, full verses, too, man. Like, in, yeah, in that song, Wood. Yes. The part, you know, that... Where he's like... Yeah, the verse. And, and Staley... That's not the verse. That's like the core. Uh, I'm sorry, that is the verse. Yeah. Yeah, and then so and then, I made a big mistake. Yeah. That's that's and then lame. Like, so I made a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> like that part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's like um, Dave Gahan and Alan Gore, uh, Martin Gore, <laughs> Alan Gore, Martin Gore, or something. Um, they had that kind of relationship. Yeah. Um, Martin Gore, though, man. He should stay where it put, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like when he sings. I kind of like when he sings, but yeah, you want, it, it, he adds to it. Like, he adds this, like, other dimension to it, which I think that's, you know, with Alice in Chains, it's like, yeah, you think Lane Staley, but then when you realize that Jerry Cantrell is also singing, you're like, oh, and it adds this, like, new yeah. layer, you know? Well, like, Gary, Jerry, Jerry Cantrell... I like what he does in the songs. Right. Like when he sings, it sounds great. You like his voice. I like his voice. And his guitar playing is awesome. And he's like, you know, writes good songs. Martin Gore, it's like, <laughs> it should be enough for him just to have done every aspect of the band. He doesn't need to, to be singing. He's like an know. R&B singer a little. It's you know? like... He has got that... I, I don't dig it. I just like when Dave Gahan sings. Yeah. And uh, when we saw Depeche Mode... When Martin Gore sang, it was like I wanted to fucking. Leave. I like his vocals on uh, "Everything Counts." I don't like his vocals in any of the songs. I just want Dave behind. Well, he's brilliant. No, he is brilliant. <laughs> he put he wrote all that shit. Yeah, like, he wrote all those that songs. That is all him. Yeah, and that should you know he should fucking let let that be you know let yeah. that set out yeah. there in the, in the world the way it is. Yeah, he doesn't need to be like emoting. You know, it's a low <laughs> point. It's like a lull on all the records when he sings. Yeah. You know. Aww. Poor Martin. Don't feel bad for him. Poor Martin. Fucking guy's like a multimillionaire. He's like, you know, writing <laughs> all this music. Don't feel I bad know. for him because he's not a singer. He's living large. Yeah. Another great band. Yeah. Depeche Mode. Definitely, man. But, um,. Well, yeah, man. That's I think that's it for uh, you know for for love. I think we said our piece about that record. Yeah, it's uh, it sounds great. It looks great. Um, we we didn't really talk about like the time period that it came. Yeah, at, all right, at, there you go. Which was during actually when like U two was yeah. you know uh, getting their their career going and the police and. Lo- yeah, but like, but those were like, you know, well, no, I guess Cure is actually pretty big, huh? Cure are huge. Yeah, man. the Cure are pretty huge. Yeah. But I was gonna say that compared to those those rock bands, um, Love definitely stands apart from them. You know, again, there's this like dark, cool, like 
They, you know? they definitely were not in the same bracket as like you two, though. No. Um, no, but the U2 were, you know, a, a mainstream rock band, and the cult were on their way to becoming a mainstream rock band, and Love definitely is this, like, hard rock, you know, uh, top 40 radio, whatever, you know, they're... I don't know if it was a top 40. It was. Well, those singles charted. Okay. Um, she Sells Sanctuary and, yeah. and Rain. But once again, the vibe that they were on during that period, though, was definitely more... They were like the mission or like one of those Yeah, they yeah. Really no, I, I agree. But, yeah. and yeah, and even though I like you 2 I, I think that um, it's cool that, that the cult were doing something... You know, different back then. I feel like it. I feel like love straddles that, like you know, uh, commercial rock. You yeah. know, underground. Yeah, I feel like it straddles between the two, and I feel like it, it appeals to a lot of different kinds of music fans, like your metalheads, your hard rock fans, your goths, your you know even punks. Like I feel like them during that period in that moment of time when they did love I think that they yeah appealed to so many different kinds of fans yeah. you know like you said it was their peak it was like this you know yeah and then like when Electric came out they toured with like Metallica and stuff which I thought was fucking crazy you know? yeah weird. you know they, it was just such a weird flipping of the script you know what I mean mm -hmm. it was like I don't know like I, I I remember being excited and being like oh wow this is fucking cool you know these guys are like you know trying to like do this thing but it was just it was in retrospect looking back on it it was just odd to me yeah you know how was Asbury live um well when I saw them with Metallica not so good but mm -hmm. because I think that they were giving them the old opening band half PA, oh. you know, they do that a lot of times. Really? You know, and uh, the sound was kind of off. But yeah. I saw them later that year, um, and they sounded, he sounded great. Yeah. You know, they had their own PA, it was like a, their, their show, and, uh, and he kicked ass, you know, and like, the whole band was good. Cool. You want to know who else is on that bill? Who? Dangerous Toys. Oh, wow. You know, Dangerous Toys and Bonham. John ba Jason yeah. Bonham's band. Mm-hmm, his son. Yeah. It was kind of funny, cool. right? cool. How are they? Uh, not so good. I didn't care for either He's a drummer, too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was like, but the Cult were great. But that's kind of showing you where they were at. You know, they yeah. brought... Dangerous toys out on the road. I know. Why weren't they touring with like Susie and the Banshees or something? Well, that, that is just they weren't on that consciousness anymore. Man, they were like a, a Guns N' Roses band, right? Like, right. You know, yeah. Probably want to tour like the Bullet Boys or like Love yeah, Boot or something. Play or strip clubs. Bang Tango. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But uh. Yeah. It's just funny how, like, a lot of times bands just... I mean, they didn't do it for only one record, but you get Celtic Frost, who did Cold Lake. Right. 
you know, and I like that album, but it's like they're dipping their toe in the in the in the hard rock hair metal world. Yeah. You know. And there's some like purists who like think that record is shit. It's not a Celtic Frost album, but right. if it's if not uh, you know, Tom G. Warrior wanted to call it something else, I think people would back it. Yeah. Like if Tom Warrior was like, all right, Celtic Frost is finished. I have a new new album called like Hard Looks, a new band, <laughs> you know, like Dirty Tricks with two X's or whatever, and that's was that was the record he made, you know, Cold Lake. Yeah, people would be like, yeah, this is fucking good hair metal. Yeah, because then they could easily define it. They could be like, oh yeah, this is Tom Warrior's other band. Yeah. But because it's Frost, it's like, what is he doing? Yeah, they want to hear, like, he the Throne Emperor and, like, you know, they yeah. want to hear, like, the, the what people think of as Celtic Frost. Yeah. So, but I still like that album. I don't give a fuck, man. Like, Cause that record's good, you know? Yeah. You know, it's It is like, what it is. We listened to that album during, there was a lot of questionable shit we listened to down in Florida when we were recording the Pat, the Savage Gold record. And uh, that was one of them, man. Like, mm. that record was, was, like, played every morning. Yeah. And What's that one song? It remind. It sounds like Leeway. I can picture, like, Leeway cherry playing it. Is it Cherry or- Orchards? Possibly. Dun, 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 yeah, yeah, dun, yeah. Dun, it sounds like a... Like a, like a, a Leeway song that would have, you know, like a later one or something. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, that song, uh, Tears Are Falling by Kiss. That's a good one. Yeah. That's, um, that's That one's like, fun to sing. Yeah. The chorus. The videos is hysterical. Because Gene Simmons looks like a serial rapist in that. He's just like the creepiest. He always looks like a rapist. He does. I don't like his tongue. No. <laughs> he just, he looks like he's getting ready to rape somebody. Put it somebody. back in your mouth. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> and uh, that was a big song we listened to down there in Florida, St. Pete. Yeah. And, uh, well, this is this is a legit fucking thing. See You, See you in Hell by Grim Reaper. Mm. You know, that was like a, a, a thing that yeah. we were into down there. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, Cold Lake, man. That should be the next one, next classic album. <laughs> yeah. Classic records uh, podcast for Cold Lake. But, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of any, um, tears are falling. <laughs> oh, no. Tears are falling. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a Kiss fan. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah, I like Kiss. Um, I have a few records. I don't have all of them. And I've seen them, I th- I want to say two times, but maybe I only saw them once. Yeah. I saw them with the Nuge. Nice. And he was pretty cool. Oh, the Nuge. <laughs> and Dude. he was wearing an Indian headdress. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. just being nuts. You can't fuck with Ted Nugent. I mean, I know that he, you know, he's probably, he's got some severe, like, right wing, you know, yeah. trips that he's on. And, and he's like, uh, you know, probably... He's got some interesting uh, ideas about certain things in the world, but 
as like a, a full on like hard rock explosion like that guy is like untouchable in my opinion Intensity in 10 Cities one of yeah. the greatest names for any that live album that's like the excellent that, that title just makes me stoked <laughs> when I see that I'm like I want to fucking smash something when I see that you know it's like the best thing man but you know yeah is he a cool guy? Probably not. You know, I mean, he's, he's a weird yeah. you know, right-wing guy. I think he's a Christian probably, you know. I don't know if he's Christian. I mean, you know, he he hunts. There's nothing wrong with He's a hunter. Man. No, no. I, you know, I've heard him talk about about that, and um, I've, like, felt okay with what he said. I'm like, okay, I, I can back that, you know. Um, yeah, I'm sure he has, like, views on like factory farming I mean I can't say for sure and I I, I would never I, I don't well, want to misquote him but yeah. I'm sure he has like some serious opinions about that that would fall in line with like how we feel like yeah sure man you know yes he, and he's right wing and you know he's like he was this big womanizer and you know well I mean you know you, I, you, know, you can't really blame him for that yeah with his tight white like leather pants it was and the 70s you know and, and like uh <laughs> he was a, a rock star yeah and he was a young guy so yeah. you can't really you know sometimes yeah. it's, it's uh i know it's he's being it, pushed into it by society yeah <laughs> yeah society you know made him an animal yeah but yeah. but you know as far as a hard rocker though he's like the top in my opinion. yeah no he's guys. cool he's authentic and uh the song titles too, like Wang Dang, Sweet Poon Tang. Oh yeah. You know, Wango Tango. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. And he was in the damn Yankees, right? That is a low point in his fucking career though. What you should <laughs> say is that he was in the Amboy Dukes. The Amboy Dukes. Yeah. Yes. That's what that that I forget is, about that that's, band that's sometimes. An, they were an excellent band. Yeah. Damn Yankees, man, what's that the that's that's total <laughs> fucking failure. I know. Man. I hate that part. name too. There was like a, a wimp, su- like a super group that turned into like the most like pathetic, lukewarm, bullshit band. It wasn't like who else was in there? Like Steve Morse or something, or like Tommy Shaw. Some other blonde guy. Some guy from Night Ranger, I think, was yeah. in it. Some guy with like long blonde hair. Yeah. Um. Yeah. When I used to work at you know record stores, and I would see those. CDs, I, I just they made me cringe a little. I yeah, like, this can't be good. No, damn Yankees, <laughs> horrible. Yeah. I'm gonna forget about that. Band. Well, I should check out the Amboy Dukes. Oh, oh yeah, definitely, man. Tell me what record I should check oh, out. All of them, they're all good. Okay. You can't go wrong with them. Anyone, okay. you know. You know, it's funny. I don't like Kiss, but I like East Freely's Freely's Comet. Yeah. Well, no. you like him. I like Ace You just Freely. hate Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. I, I don't really hate Paul Stanley. I or think you don't I hate mainly him. hate Gene Simmons. You hate Gene Simmons. Because, you know, he's just like, he looks like a raper. And, and you think he's like this hair. filthy, money-hungry, yeah. self-promoting oh, totally. maniac. Yep. Absolutely. All the things that I d- d- yeah. just despicable. He's, um, he's just slimy. Yeah. You know? I don't trust that guy. You know? I don't trust him to do the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're saying. Yeah. There's something untrustworthy about him. Yeah. And then Paul Stanley is just... Paul Stanley... I don't have... I I 
you know, I don't, I don't have any feelings about Paul Stanley. Yeah. He has a book out, you know. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, I may read that. Yeah. You know. He's, yeah, I, I could see really disliking Gene Simmons. I like Paul Stanley. I like Ace Freely. Uh, Peter Chris, whatever. The song Shock Me by Kiss that, yeah. that, uh, Ace Freely sings. Yeah. I like that song. That's good. Yeah. I like Deuce a lot. That's probably my favorite Kiss song. Yeah. It's okay. Um. I like, um. I like Paul Stanley's uh, banter, you know, yeah. on the live records and stuff. Yeah, he's got that real high-pitched voice. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, man. Like, on, uh, it's funny, because on, you know, Friday, this past Friday, this uh, rock band that I play in uh, did a show at St. Vitus here in Brooklyn. And uh, Nick, the sound guy, loves Kiss, and he was playing, like, some live later day live Kiss record mm-hmm. and like the, the banter Paul Stanley's banter on that was like pretty classic I thought <laughs> you know it's pretty funny stuff yeah I don't know it I don't, I don't have the live Kiss records which is, is probably like I like Kiss Alive I think that's like you know classic just to be like a bummer I want to get like you know the, the unmasked records you know like Animalize yeah you lick know. it up. Yeah. Lick it up. You know that. Oh my god, that video? Gene Simmons' face in that video? Yeah. Oh. I, I don't remember. He's so, so scavats. He's so like, you know, they're walking towards the camera. Yeah. But they're like heads down, but right. their eyes looking up, and you no know, makeup, and they're just like, lick it up, and like. Yeah, they're like, Gene Simmons is on the prowl. He just looks like a predator, he right? He looks gross. <laughs> Actually, he kind of looks like predator with that hair helmet that he has. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a little sketch. Yeah. You know, a lot of people like Kiss. Oh, my know? God, people love Kiss. And, I mean, love. I'm not, I know in general a lot of people like them, but a lot of people, like, within the world that I, I move in, in the underground yeah. metal world yeah <laughs> um love kiss man like my good friend paul delaney you know from black anvil black anvil in general are huge kiss fans you know yeah don't they cover a kiss song yeah under the rose yes off of uh, music from the, the elder the elder yeah. yeah that record i don't have i wonder if i ah, should check it out that's the only kiss record I have. really and it's on i have it on cassette oh wow and uh and that is like Strangely enough, the only record I own by them. Huh. There was one song you played yeah. that I liked. It it's wasn't a, It wasn't that one. I forget which one it was, but it was good. Yeah. It's like a pretty solid record. Yeah. You know, really, if you think, you know, for what for what it is. You know I mean? I, just, I have a hard time being complimentary towards them because I just don't like them. Yeah. Yeah. I... I like Kiss, but I don't love them. Like I, I, I don't consider myself a Kiss fan. You know, I don't go crazy for them. Um, but they're one of those bands. Like you know, when you're growing up, getting into rock music, like you, you know, you check out Kiss, you listen to Kiss. You know. You want to know something really funny? In the, I watched this Rush documentary on Netflix, mm-hmm. and apparently Rush and Kiss toured together a lot. Really. And they're uh, the buddies. But they like touring together. That's cool. I think that's really Getty Lee and Gene. 
Gene. Yeah. It was funny because I think that's one of the funniest things I've, you know, the funniest pairings. Of that the is funny. Bands. Yeah. You just can't, I can't see it really, but it's true. Yeah. Rush is a band I just completely missed the boat on. Yeah. I, I love Rush myself. They were like one of the first like hard rock bands I really embraced as a young young kid, mm-hmm. and uh, motivated me to learn how to play guitar or to try to play guitar. You know, I was listening to Rush. I thought like the especially their first album, the one that sounded like uh, more like you know Led Zeppelin had like working the song Working Man on it. Yeah. And uh, you know, before I got into Rush, I was like really into Zeppelin. Mm, I, I love Zeppelin. Yeah. I feel but, like you, you know, everyone has at least one band like that that's very dear to them. Like a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's Pink Floyd, you know, um, that I know. Yeah. In my circle. Um, but yeah, Zeppelin. The uh, band that really, like, out of all those bands, it wasn't until, like, I heard Sabbath, though. Yeah. Black Sabbath was, like, when. I got into that, and when I heard first heard Sabbath, I really recognized that as something that was different from yeah. all the other bands. Like the early Ozzy records were like, like this isn't like Zeppelin, this isn't like Deep Purple, this isn't like Rush, this isn't like any of those bands. It's some other thing. Yeah. And just that weird primitive caveman, you know, just you know brutality on those early records is what really you know, it was like a huge influence on my playing at that point because mm-hmm. I wasn't able to play any of the Rush songs. But I could play Iron <laughs> Man. I would learn how to play Iron Man and Sweet Leaf and all those songs when I was a kid, so. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the first time I heard Sabbath, I was like, it was paranoid. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, I was really impressed by it. I was like, what is this? Like, I need to find out. It was like a song that I tracked down. Um, yeah, we saw Sabbath last summer, and they were awesome. I thought they were and great. Ozzy sounded fantastic. Yeah, yeah I and thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was... Yeah. Believe it or not, the first Sabbath I heard was Heaven and Hell with Dio. Really? I heard that record before I heard the Ozzy records, but then, oh, uh, but when I heard the Ozzy records, it... I couldn't reconcile that that was like the same band, you know, because I was only like 12 or 13 years old when I heard yeah. that stuff. And I was like, how the hell do they sound like this? And then they sounded like that, you know? And and it made, like, we sold our souls for rock and roll. Like, that record was how I got introduced to it. So it's Me like, too, yeah. it was kind of like a greatest hits, but it covers like that earlier stuff. And I was like, wow, this is like, I wasn't even sure if I liked it, you know? And I was like, man, this is like, different you know than anything else i've heard you know and ironically well maybe not ironically but the same feeling i had the same feeling when i first heard black flag too like i didn't know if i liked it or not i was like man i don't know it's just like different it's like weird yeah like unsettling you know mm-hmm. but yeah and then coincidentally those two are my you know two of my favorite bands yeah they they challenged you yeah like pushed you a little i think that's what yeah, music's funny like that, I guess. Like, you could hear it, and, like, right away, you just, you get locked into it, and you love it. And then sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. But then, like, you know, you end up, 
I've, I've had that with like a lot of different albums over time where I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. And then yeah. it becomes like my favorite record. Some of the, the that's oftentimes the case, man. Yeah. Even, even Godflesh, like Street Cleaner. Mm-hmm. First time I heard Street Cleaner, I was like scared and confused and I didn't know what was going on. And I was like, is this good? Do other people like this? Should I like this? <laughs> what do other people think of this? I don't know. And, but yeah, that's also one of my top ten albums of all time. I love that record. You know, it turned out to be like, you know, this thing. And I think for me personally, it's like, you know, it's challenging to listen to shit like that that you don't like right away. But there's something there that you totally. get drawn into. You know. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah, you know, that's our uh, classic album um, episode for uh, the cult. Album Love from 1985. Yeah, and, uh, and go listen to it because it sounds great in the summertime. It's yeah, it's the summer. Yeah, it's a summertime it's record. Cute. So we'll uh, we'll take them out to one of the songs from the record, you know. And uh, once again, um, if you're a coffee fan, you know, check out uh, Savage Gold Coffee, and that's my coffee company, and uh, you know put a lot of effort into this thing to launch it and uh, a lot of quality control went into uh, making sure that you guys get the best so um, check it out savagegoldcoffee.com and then also uh, if you're into you know hemp apparel and equipment and stuff like that uh, definitely go on over to Datsasara and if you're looking for awesome supplements to optimize your life check out on it and uh, there you have it
had mine on my computer. You want to go and do it in the other room? Uh, we don't have to. Well, you said you have your notes in your computer. So how are you going to use them if you're in the other room computer? That's true. But yeah. I don't want us to be sitting by a computer. Do you think it would be more natural in here? I'll tell you what. I could just like... I'm more natural not doing... A, I've never done a podcast laying on a fucking bed. That's for sure. Oh, okay. So you want to go in there? Yeah.